Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Welcome to episode one of Rock That Relationship with Corey and Tracy. I'm Corey, and I'm here as one of your co-hosts today, excited to be on our very first episode of Rock That Relationship. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about me is I'm a 48-year-old woman. I'm a professor. I'm a communication major, and I teach leadership. It's a lot of fun. I get to teach all sorts of great skills like interpersonal development and group dynamics and emotional intelligence, which um, I like to say that I'm the best at practicing and modeling, but I'd probably say I'm a little bit better at teaching it than maybe modeling it. So I like to take my own advice. I want to explore this uh, podcast with my co-host here, Tracy, to see a little bit more about what we've learned from our relationships. I'm certified life coach uh, in law of attraction, which is a really great practice we're going to talk about throughout the episodes here. And I'm certified in strengths-based leadership and in happiness studies, which was actually a lot of fun to be able to get um, all of that uh, education just so that I could learn a lot more about this kind of positivity Uh, realm, this glass half full approach to relationships. And that's really what I like to bring to this podcast. But I think most importantly, if you remember anything from what I'm about to say, I am an expert in breakups. Uh, I've had several of them. Some of them have gone pretty south pretty fast. And I have learned a lot. And I would like to think that every breakup is a little bit better than the last one, but eh, there's still breakups. But I'm definitely getting uh, getting a lot more learning, a lot more reflection. And hopefully, I will have fewer of these breakups as I move forward. And I can actually uh, explore with you all as listeners, some of the things that might help create positive, loving, caring, and productive relationships. So Tracy, let's hear a little bit from you. Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I'll get into my background in a minute, but I just want to say I've had my share of breakups too, and I don't like them. Okay. I don't want (laughs) to learn from them. I hate them. I do not like them. I do not like them at all. Um, I used to be a cop. Okay. When I was much younger Then I worked at a domestic violence shelter, I've been a concierge at a small hotel and I'm an attorney. So all of these jobs have given me a lot of insight into human behavior and relationships, probably more than I needed to know about how people live and, uh, relate to each other. But that's actually made me think about myself, how I relate to others those breakups have been, you know, very important in my learning curve. And given that I'm 51 and a half, I have a lot of life experience. I've actually been in relationships since I was 21 years old. I'm currently not. This is very rare for me. And I uh, don't like that either. So here I am trying to help you help myself help everybody at the same time understand a little bit more about what goes into relationships? What are the things that we need to focus on? And and what are the most important things? And, you know, Corey, we met not even a year ago now, and uh, in some very sad circumstances after both of us were, you know, and I was getting divorced and, and you were in a breakup and our friends urged us to go out, which we both did, but we ended up at a that pool party. Do you remember that? I do remember that. But before we talk about the pool party, I do have to go back because 
the fact that you were 51 and a half. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like, this reminds me of what I did Mm -hmm. when I was like eight and I was like eight and a half or like when I was 15 and I was almost going to get my driver's license. Right. So like, are you wanting to be like 51 and a half? Cause you want to round down and be young at 51, or you want to be kind of the seasoned sagely wise owl at 52, giving advice with all of your life. I would like to round down. (laughs) Thank you. You'd like to to be 51. I'd actually like to round down and just so everybody knows the fifties are the new twenties. Okay. I have, to be in great shape as are you. And that's one of the things, the reasons we came up with the name of this podcast, rock that relationship, because we are obsessed with hiking. Um, we do a lot of hiking and we're going to probably do some of these podcasts while we're out hiking. We're going to do some of the world's greatest treks. And we're going to bring you along on that because you got to have good coping skills to be in relationships with other human beings. You must develop good coping skills. Yes. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad we clarified that. That you'd rather be kind of stay at 51. That's excellent. Thank you. Well, just so you know, I'm 48 and three quarters. Uh, I will be 49 soon. So I will also round down for the sake of math here. But um, but back to your pool party comment. So yeah, Tracy and I met, it was really fun, wasn't it? Uh we well no, at the time it wasn't okay, fun. at the time it wasn't fun, but since then it's been fun because the story has just sort of escalated into this like like you know, glue that holds us together in so many difficult times. So yeah, I mean, I remember I was uh, I was at this pool party. I found it on on Meetup for a group that I was actually already in, and I remember thinking, maybe I should go. I, I don't. I'm not looking to meet anyone. I was literally breaking up like that day, but. I was thinking maybe I should just get out. I don't want to wallow at home. And so, you know, my friends were like, oh, go, 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 you know? And I remember going to this, this pool party and there were, oh, there were 50, 60 women at this party and, you know, they were swimming and eating and drinking and dancing. And I mean, it was a, it was quite festive, I must say, and feeling about as melancholy as I could get. Um, This was just not my scene um, I know, you know, I'm not a party or a big party or at, at all. I'm, well, Corey, even, we're like nerds who go out. Okay. You know, I, I guess I'm not a partier at all. So yes. yeah, very different. So that's, I mean, that's what brought me to the party was just sort of the urging of friends to say, go out, see what's out there, see who's out there, make some friends. And that was the day that I left crying, sitting in my car, texting my friend saying, I think I'm going to die alone. Um, and she said, you know, buck up, baby, you're not, you're going to be fine. And at that time I thought there is no way I'm going to be fine, but Tracy fill in the blanks here. How did you and I actually connect the party? Well, I was sitting on one side of the pool and you were on the other side. And I saw that you were the only person there who possibly looked like they walked or hiked and you had a hiking shirt on. And so I actually, I think I was leaving And I saw you in the kitchen and I asked you, are you into hiking? And you looked at me like I was a stalker and I'm like, hello, look at your shirt. It says hiking. I like hiking or I love hiking on it. (laughs) And I had a hat on too. That was like a hiking hat. I still was looking at you like, what, how do you even know this about me? Did you look me up before you came? Exactly. No, I did not. And, um, (laughs) I was also, you know, urged to go to this party by friends and I left crying as well. It's funny because I think we left at the same time we went in opposite directions and I was, couldn't even get out of the yard before I was calling my friend crying. And, you know, that's about like having a breakup and how do you go forward? And you got to change up your whole life. Sometimes, sometimes you don't, sometimes you have the same circle of friends. I came from a situation where I was basically like a married suburban person with kids. And now I was here in, you know, by myself, moved into a townhouse by myself. I, you know, I had to go out. 
I did not want to do it. I did it. It was very uncomfortable, but look, we became friends out of it. And, uh, you know, it was a great thing. And I think, you know, there's a couple interesting things. We've been pretty close friends since then, but we were never attracted to each other. And I believe you sent your friend a text that day saying that there was no relationship potential with me. Do you remember that? I did. I did. I did. I mean, I I have a rule that I don't date anyone over 50. Right. I know. I'm just kidding. I've abandoned that rule since I've gotten to know Tracy and realized that people are people and I should not have age restrictions. Yeah. And they can be fit over 50. Well, yes. But you can't on the online dating profile, you literally have to pick an age just, you know, to have your search. But um, yeah, I I would agree with you that. Well, I, I, you know, in some ways I kind of think, well, I, maybe I shouldn't have gone to that party. That wasn't really the best place for me. I just happened to have met you. And the funny part about it is we didn't exchange phone numbers or anything. It wasn't like, Hey, do you want to go on a hike or any, or anything? We ended up talking for an hour at the party about that show naked and afraid that really nobody has ever heard of, but it's on the discovery channel, I believe. And it's, it's an awesome show. It's a survival show. And, you know, they're literally people who are out put in the wilderness that are naked and for afraid and they have to survive for so many days. So, I mean, remember we got into our conversation about like, what would you bring? Cause you could bring one survival item. And next thing you know, we're just chatting away about this really, you know, interesting kind of bizarre show and, but never exchanged phone numbers to actually ever go out and go on a hike. Yeah. Because we didn't, I, I mean, I wasn't there. I was just there to get out. Right. And that would have been very odd if I asked for your number. And I think you did tell me about the meetup. So I was like, well, I'll see her at the next meetup. And frankly, I didn't know what kind of, you know, I didn't know what was going on for you. So I wasn't exactly sure what the friendship potential was anyway, because I had no idea you'd just been in a breakup. And I'm not sure if I even told you that I was getting divorced. So um, I don't know that we would have exchanged numbers. It might have been quite awkward at that point. But, you know, everything about that period, everything about leaving a relationship is awkward right? It's just very mm-hmm. difficult. It's, you know, it's, it's not easy. Right. Right. I mean, you know, you, you go out and you feel awkward, you stay in and you feel awkward. You, you feel you know, lonely, lonely you just and home. just devastated. I mean, I was crying inside the whole time I was at this party besides the fact that I was, you know, I, I had selected at the party this, I mean, this didn't help the one chair that wasn't filled around this entire pool. I mean, there's 60 chairs around the pool and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, somebody didn't take that awesome chair right there. And I remember sitting in the chair and I'm holding my potluck plate full of all sorts of food, you know, and I've got like potato salad and potato chips kind of dipped in the potato salad. It just becomes a big mess. And I'm like, all right, this is fine. I'm going to just sit here and eat and text my friend and tell her like, you know, that this is, you know, I'm having a horrible time but that the food is good. And I I remember all of a sudden somebody came over and they had their phone in their hand and they synced up their, you know, their, their music list with, with the big, huge speaker next to me that I didn't see when I sat down. And all of a sudden it was like all the single ladies, all the single ladies. And it was like this mating call or something. Everybody comes running over to like dance. I've never seen anything like it. Well, I know you, I now know you didn't, but I'm sitting there and my chair was on the dance floor. So there were people to the right of me, the left of me and in front of me dancing. And I'm trying to balance my plate of like soggy potato chips, hoping that they don't slam into me and they're having a blast. And I can't get out of this, this basically this mosh pit that I'm now in. So, I mean, that's, that was before I even talked to you. It was a, it was a wonder I didn't burst into tears when I saw yeah, you. And your mind was like a mosh pit already because you yes. were so upset. 
It was just, it was an interesting day. And I think the reason that we focus on this a lot is because, you know, two things. One is it's okay to feel really, really bad. And sometimes when you're in a circumstance and you're trying to feel better because of maybe a breakup, you might just not, right? And it's okay. It was okay for me to cry in my car. It was okay for me to text my friend and, you know, say, I don't, I'm not sure about this experience. But I think the second thing is, is you never kind of know in retrospect what you're going to get out of something. Like I went to that party, not really knowing what to expect, not really thinking anything was going to happen. And I meet Tracy and here we are almost a year later doing a podcast together. So you, you really kind of, this idea of this positivist approach that I talk about is really this idea of keeping yourself open to possibilities. And while it might, you know, be difficult or challenging at the time, being open allows for things to emerge that you might not see until well after the experience. So that's kind of, those are my takeaways from the pool party besides a great friendship with Tracy. I think that's um, what you just said, open to possibility is I think better than that. What people are now calling toxic positivity, where it's just like, rah, 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 everything's great. Everything's great. It's not true. And you can be sad and you can still make a friend, you know, you can go out, you can be uncomfortable and you can still meet somebody, or you can just have an experience that opens you up to something else. So I think to me, I haven't, I don't know if I've really heard that, but open a possibility that makes more sense for me than, you know, be positive, be positive, or, you know, I, I like that a lot better. So, right. Right. I well, mean, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you don't want to fake happiness, right? I mean, part of people, what they say is when you're hurting is, you know, get, you know, go be happy, go, you know, find something right. to be happy about. And, and, you know, there is some value to that. Um, but at the, you know, when we think about it, it's really this idea of be open to possibilities that you're building something that could develop true happiness, true satisfaction and bring true joy to you maybe over the course of time, rather than necessarily just immerse yourself in something that should make you happy in the exact moment, because that party wasn't bound to make me happy at a very distressing moment for me. But what it is, is it opened me up to possibilities of things that have now made me happy well down the road. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this podcast. So, you know, I mean, we're doing a relationship podcast, but so is everybody else on the planet. There's like a thousand of these things. Why in the world would anybody want to listen to you and I go back and forth talking about pool parties and breakups? Well, why wouldn't they? That's my question. <laughs> and and the thing is when, you know, you're in a sad situation, you know, you're sad or you're in a breakup or you're wondering, am I going to continue in the relationship I'm in? You could listen to a ton of podcasts and we're not experts. We're not saying that we're experts. We're not trying to tell people what to do, but we're saying, okay, look, we've been through so many of these situations and they have been so difficult that we just want to show people or talk to people or let people know, look, we've researched these topics and these are the things that I've come up with you know, being in therapy for a long time, right? Going to therapy to try to deal with relationship stuff. So I kind of view what we're doing as more exploration and, you know, education really than giving any kind of advice. I'm not sure either one of us in the realm of relationships is advice. You know, we're not, I'm not even sure a therapist is, is good at giving advice, right? We're, opening people up to the possibility of looking at all of these different things and how can, you know, each of these aspects play into their lives. And and we're not just talking about relationships, romantic relationships. We're talking about, you know, family relationships, coworker relationships, friend relationships. All of these relationships need 
attention and work. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know our default is to talk about romantic relationships, but it's amazing how many of those kinds of relationship ahas that happen in one area of our life can really impact something in another, right? As we talk about, um, you know, communication and, you know, respectful interactions or, or trust or, or whatever it might be, they, they really, you know, kind of cover all different types of relationships. And I think the other thing that's really important too, as you talked about, you know, really, this isn't an advice giving um, podcast. We're going to explore different you know, tools, resources, experiences, things that we've tried, that we've used that, and, and there's some things that I've done that have worked really well for me to, you know, heal from heartbreak, but Tracy has maybe tried them and said, nah, not for me and vice versa. And so we're going to really just talk about those things because we want to open up our listeners to really a whole world of possibilities again, of are there things that you can, you can do to build positive relationships. Now, one of the things that's been really different and why I'm doing this podcast now, as opposed to earlier in my life is, you know, I say I'm an expert in breakups because I've had a few of them. And my goal is to have less of them (laughs) as I, as I grow older, because this last breakup that I had, um, I really went through a process of intentional healing and I've never done that before. I've usually just done what most people do is let time pass, eat a lot of ice cream, hang out with friends, and then eventually start dating again. This time I did a real intentional healing process with a lot of different, um, tools and, and, and experiences to try to make meaning of that. And I think that that's what I want to bring to this podcast so that we can talk a little bit about how do you, how do you have intentional relationships? How do you make sure that you're engaging in trustworthy and productive behavior? So really, I think that's, what's, that's, what's going to be different about this podcast is, you know, and the other thing too, I want to say is, you know, Tracy, I know when I was going through my breakup in particular, I was listening to every podcast I could find. So it's not a matter of this podcast or that podcast. It's like, I listened to every one that I could find over and over and over again, because I wanted to hear about different experiences. So that's what we hope we bring to the table for you all. Yeah, I totally agree. And also when we say breakup, that can also be the ending of a friendship or something like that. It's not just a romantic, you know, relationship. If we're looking at relationships, I mean, I would say they're not easy. Some are easier than others, but all of them need work, right? And how can we live in this world without relationships? I don't think we can unless we're robots and even robots communicate with each other, right? Like they're coding to each other or somebody, somebody is there doing the work. So it's really important for us to do the work. And I think for me, having just been in a breakup, I cannot handle it when people tell me, Oh, time, you just need time. No, I don't agree. It's intention. It's how am I going to get through this? What are the tools that I'm going to use to get through this? And we've done a lot of that work. So we can bring these topics up. We can explore them more. We can have authors on, we can have, you know, people who've been through these things or people who are, have been in long-term successful relationships on here to talk to us about that. Absolutely. And, you know, I really like what you said about, you know, we talk about like breakups, you know, the, the immediate sense is that it's a romantic breakup and that's for most people, that's what it is. But I've had a couple, I've had one particular friend breakup that was just awful. It was terrible. And it hurt me deeply and profoundly. And I'm still carrying that today because I I lost this amazing friend. And 
Um, and I think it resembled very much of what I would feel if I had a romantic breakup. And, you know, I've, I've had that kind of thing happen. I know people have had family dynamics where they've lost touch with or lost connection with a sibling or a parent. Um, and so we'll see some of those things and, you know, be able to talk about some of these topics as a way to apply them to all of these different types of relationships. But I think for Tracy and I right now, I think you probably agree. We're both kind of in this space of having been through um, some significant breakups where that's where some of the greatest learning has been for us about how to improve all of our relationships. So we really want to talk about a little bit about what we've learned. Um, and so, you know, a few of the things I've learned, particularly in this intentional healing process, which of course I'm still knee deep in because it, it doesn't just, it isn't like a two month thing. And then you, you come back from your, you know, intentional healing summer camp and you're all good to go. It's, it's a process. Um, but a few of the things that, that I've kind of learned along the way is that I've always been kind of a, I don't know, a critical person, maybe, maybe a little bit negative. I always like to call myself a realist, but that was just a very nice way of saying like, you're kind of negative Nelly on this one. And so I have always wanted to change that dynamic with myself. And so after this particular breakup, I really dove into this idea of law of attraction and positivity, seeing the idea, you know, seeing about the good in others, assuming the best. And we're going to talk a lot about those kinds of things in this podcast is how do you switch your frame of mind and how I switch my frame of mind to start, you know, kind of assuming the best in others. Um, and so that was a real switch for me. Part of my intentional healing was to go through that and really switch my frame. But I also wanted to do this, not just um, to show up better in future relationships, romantic and friendships, but I wanted to just feel better myself. And what's interesting is since this intentional healing process, just about a year ago, I started it. I've had friends that I've known for longer than, than this last year who have said, you just seem different. You're like, exuding light and energy and positivity, and you're just seeing the world differently. What in the world are you doing? And so I've been sharing a lot about kind of how I've shifted my frame again, not a, not a, you know, rose colored glasses kind of thing, but really kind of shifting away from this negativity into positivity and finding joy in my life. And I find that I'm attracting joy into my life. And so that's one of the biggest shifts I've made. And so that's, again, a kind of a frame I'm going to come from as we talk about these topics. That is great. I come from a little bit different, but I guess we're getting to the same place anyway. But I grew up in a very dysfunctional home, like that impacted all of my relationships. And if I had learned the things in my 20s that I learned in my 40s and now into my 50s, my life would be so different, right? It would be so, so different. And I want to talk about that. I mean, everything that happens to us in our life somehow goes into us. It stays in us and we need to learn how to process it. So I want more functional relationships going forward. I've been very intentional with, you know, all of my relationships now understanding what I didn't understand before I was married to a psychologist for eight years. That's, you know, who I got divorced from last year. And I mean, I'm, I would love it if I could, if I wasn't so ADD, I could sit down and write a book about it. I've learned so much, okay, that I could not integrate while I was in that relationship. I, I could hear what she was saying. I could hear the things that were being said, but I just could not process them. And, you know, for me, there was, I think I was 47 years old or 48 when I read this book, Toxic Parents. And it just radically changed my life and my understanding of why I was the way that I was. So I think a lot of people would say, yes, I was more negative than positive, you know, and now I've shifted. 
I'm probably 80, 20 or 75, 25 more positive where I used to be probably 75% negative, you know, and being a cop didn't help that. But, you know, these are the things that I want to talk about learning from that being so intentional, really putting in the work because every relationship, whether it's our friendship or a dating relationship or relationship with my siblings or your relationship with your sibling, they all need the intention. And the only way you can have intention is to understand what are all the different components that need to be given attention to or taken care of. Exactly. I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, I, we've continued to use this word intention because when we're talking about, you know, rocking that relationship, we're talking about having these positive, productive relationships, but then also recognizing when a relationship isn't healthy and when it is important to be able to draw your boundaries and ex- maybe even exit the relationship. Um, but this idea of what can you do on your end to be able to put into and invest in the relationship. And, you know, as we think about it, we, you know, we, we, we learn things along the way. And so, there, there's four things that I've learned along the way, and I know, Tracy, you have some as well, that really have shaped kind of the way that I see the world. And I picked these up by watching the patterns that I've had in my previous relationships. And so the first one that I really hit, you know, really kind of hits home with me is this idea of water the garden, but don't overwater it. Water the garden, but don't overwater it. What this really means for me is this idea of invest in your relationship. Make sure that you're doing the little things. Pay attention, listen, hold hands if it's a romantic relationship, ask questions, um, spend time together, water the garden. Because if you don't, the, the soon as you start, you know, like stepping back and not watering the garden, it's easier and easier to not do it. And next thing you know, you know, the garden dies. Um, so I had a relationship like this where I watched it have a slow death and uh, eventually ended up dying. But then I turned around in my next relationship and was so excited to water the garden that I'm pretty sure I overwatered it. I was just showing up all the time. And, you know, it was, you know, this person was my, my best friend, my everything. It was a lot. It was, it was a lot that I gave to the relationship so much so that I, that I, was reluctant to leave when it was time. Um, and so overwatering, it can have just as detrimental of consequences. Um, some of the other ones that, you know, I think about too, is, you know, this idea of love is a feeling. And I've always liked that feeling of the pow, boom, bang, like, woo, you know, fireworks, butterflies in the stomach. I still do. Yeah. I, and I know you and I talked about that. That's my, my theory, pow, boom, bang. And I love it. I love that feeling. Um, but it's also an action. You can't just survive off of pow, boom, bang. You have to actually do something again. This ties back into the watering the garden for me. Um, the, the third thing for me is, you know, stay long enough in a relationship, a friendship, a, whatever it might be, stay long enough, invest in it, work hard at it, but don't overstay. If it, if it's, if the relationship has run its course, then don't overstay, you know, that saying a reason, a season or a lifetime, right? Yes. Yes. It also kind of depresses me, but I, I understand (laughs) what they're saying. I know, but I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'd like to think every relationship I enter is for a lifetime, but I do understand that some people come into our lives for certain reasons. And sometimes it is healthier and better to, you know, either taper out a relationship or end it altogether. Uh, The last one for me is, you know, don't try to fix people and don't let someone try to fix you. We are who we are. We are likely not going to change the person we're with or the, you know, the friend or whoever we're hanging out with is likely not going to be 
incredibly different in the future. And we can't, we can't bank on it. I mean, they will grow and change, but we just, we can't say, well, when they are dot, 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 then we'll have a better relationship. Um, and don't, and, you know, having someone do that for you too, it, it's a lot of pressure. So, you know, those are the four things that I have really taken away. Water the garden, but don't overwater it. Love is a feeling and also an action. Stay long enough to try, but don't overstay and don't try to fix someone and don't let someone try to fix you. So those are really my four big takeaways. And um, Tracy, what are your four big takeaways? Well, these are all takeaways from things I probably didn't do very well, which now I understand (laughs) that I should do. I think that's why I'm saying them too, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, communication is the most important thing in a relationship, but I've also learned you can't force somebody else to communicate. There's, there's nothing you can do if they're not going to communicate. But for me, I mean, being a lawyer, be having been a cop, I mean, those are my bread and butter. Did I do them well? Did I do them well enough? No. Am I going to do that going forward? Yes. I think if you don't have communication, you really don't have a relationship. Um, and I think that cuts across all kinds of relationships. Um, and I would say getting therapy before things get bad. I kind of feel like everybody should have therapy when they enter a relationship. Like we should get relationship counseling, you know, as part of our national health care that we should have also, because we need to understand that if we don't have help in these relationships, right. And as society becomes more and more fractured and people don't communicate, things go bad, things go South. And without like a helper or structure, and it doesn't have to be a therapist, but to like have a therapeutic understanding, I think that is crucial. Um, you think and, that's like a first date thing? Like you're swiping yeah, on you the app bring, and you just exactly. say, let's meet at my, uh, therapist my therapist's office. office. Why not? Why? <laughs> hey, not? I'm all, you know, anything. But it has to be a new, me. that's the thing. It has to be a neutral therapist because there's two of you now. So it can't well, be at you your therapist's <laughs> office. So, okay. So it's just some general random therapist. But you know, that could be a whole yeah. industry, right? Or you get on it, yeah. you get, you meet. I actually witnessed a first date at a Starbucks the other day. Um, and this friend and I were having coffee and she was, she was the one who heard it. I, I didn't know they were behind me. And then we watched them leave and go to the parking lot and it was quite hilarious, but they, that's what I'm saying. This could be a whole industry for therapists, first date therapy. Like, it's like the therapist could have met them at the Starbucks. Exactly. Like that, that could have worked too, right? Like, well, you know, yeah. And you're like, just thinking you're going to have a latte and you're like, who's this random person sitting here? And they're like, I'd like to introduce myself to you. I'm a yeah. I, but well, I know, and I say this tongue in cheek though, but really Tracy, this is really important. I think that you're spot on. Most people don't get therapy until things are, are so far gone that that therapy is almost ineffective. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, there's so much anger build up or resentment or whatever that the therapy isn't going to help. So that's what I'm learning. And I wish that that was something more people could adopt. So, you know, that's something I'd like to really promote, I think, and giving people space, you know, that's my third thing. Like people are different, right? People have different needs, but, and that also goes back to communicating so you can understand that. And one person's needs aren't wrong right? I may have different needs from somebody I'm dating. Doesn't mean that my needs are wrong. Doesn't mean their needs are wrong. And I think with communication, you could figure that stuff out. I think a lot of relationships could be saved in this country, in this world, um, with a little more therapy and a little more communication. And then the last one is something that I never did. I actually did the opposite, you know, give others the benefit of the doubt that what they're saying or what they're doing is coming from a good place. You know, 
growing up in a dysfunctional home, I always, I didn't look at it that way. I viewed the person as kind of like an enemy and what they're saying, you know, has got to be against me. And I think that that is so wrong. Like I'm trying to go forward with everything, even a hurtful things to me or whatever, giving the person the benefit of the doubt that they're not trying to hurt me, that it's coming from a good place. And maybe we just need a little bit, you know, extra work on that more communication. See, it always comes back to communication. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. You know, and I think of the uh, example of, you know, what, what is the harm in giving people the benefit of the doubt? We often don't because we want to be self-protective and we want to be like, well, I was right. Look, they, they did dot, dot, dot after all. And there's, I mean, it's not a game. You don't get a point right. for that. Like you're not at the end of the, you know, your life, you're not sitting around with this chart saying, this is how many times I was right that somebody let me down or did something bad to me. The reality is, is that, you know, when you give people the benefit of the doubt, you're more than likely going to be, you know, pleased that the fact that they had really good intentions. And so, yeah, I agree with you. I think that these components that, you know, we just talked about, these are just the, the four things for each of us that comes to mind as to what's some of the takeaways that we've had and things that we have learned over time and that we want to institute in our future relationships and some things that we've actually um, started to do um, even in some of our friendships and, and other relationships in our lives. So I, I think what's going to be important um, for, for us as we move forward is to really explore these topics more in depth. And we have a, a lengthy list of all different kinds of topics we can talk about on this podcast. And we probably have enough to talk about for years to come. But what we're going to do is we're going to start with these eight things that we just talked about. Uh, it's a great starting place for us. So we're going to have our next episode where we're going to talk about watering the garden right? How do you maintain that balance in relationships to give enough to it, to make sure that it sustains and thrives, but not, you know, do so much that it becomes an unhealthy and unproductive relationship by overdoing it. And so, um, this is going to be our next episode. We hope you can tune in. We're looking forward to having more conversations. As Tracy mentioned, we're going to be able to, uh, have some conversations between her and I, we're going to also reference, books, articles, and resources that we'll make sure to put in the show notes. So check out our show notes. And then we'll also make sure to bring people on that will share their experiences. So you'll, you'll get to meet a, a number of different people along the way who might have some additional resources to share. So uh, we uh, are excited about moving forward and thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.